holiness that sets you apart from all that makes it possible for us to have a Savior who fulfilled all the righteous demands of the law to go to a cross to make it possible for us to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. We are thankful today that you did the work we could not do, that you died the death we should have died. You paid the price we should have paid for our sin. How thankful we are today for Jesus. And it's in his good and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to take your Bible, to open it up, or to turn on your smart device, whatever you can do to get to your copy of God's Word. And look with me in Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, we're going to look at a couple of verses. Easter is next Sunday, okay? Next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and we hope that you will be preparing for it in your heart. Of course, it's just like any other Sunday when we gather. We always celebrate the resurrection. But we are going to specifically just spend a whole lot of time thinking about the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus this week as we go into this Holy Week preparing for Easter on next Sunday. I hope that you have uh, have someone in mind that you're going to bring with you, that you're going to uh, sit with on your pew so they can hear the gospel message and meet some of the nicest people that there are in Santa Rosa County and, and hear about all the love that Jesus has for us. I hope that you'll participate in our Easter week activities, and, and you can learn all about that. So let me take a lot of time uh, explaining it to you. You can learn all about that on our website, fbcmilton.org slash Easter. If you'll wait till after the service is over to look at that, I'd greatly appreciate it. But that tells you everything we've got taking place this week, most of it online-driven. Uh, a couple of times we'll, we'll meet in person on a Thursday night and then our outreach on Saturday leading up to Easter Sunday. Now, as we think about Easter, we also obviously think about the resurrection, but we cannot separate the crucifixion of Jesus from the resurrection of Jesus. And so, as we prepare to exclusively focus on the empty tomb next Sunday, we have spent a few Sundays leading up to that, considering the cross that led to that tomb. At the center of that cross, and at the center of our consideration of that cross, there is a man. But not just any man, there is the man, Jesus Christ, who accompanied accomplished for us what we could not do for ourselves. He accomplished atonement for us to make us at one with God. In fact, Jesus completely transformed the symbolism of the cross upon which he died. When you think about the cross today, we see it all over the place. We, we see it all in our churches, such as up in our baptistry and on the windows leading out uh, the, the windows and the doors of the sanctuary. You'll see crosses all over this place. You have crosses probably uh, in your home, decorating your home. We, we wear the cross maybe as a piece of jewelry, or, or maybe you even have it inked into your skin. We have the cross everywhere, as we should be reminded of what Jesus 
Jesus accomplished on that cross. But understand that it wasn't always that way. Understand that back in Jesus' day, no one would celebrate a cross because it was a symbol of suffering and shame, as the old hymn writer reminds us. And it was something that wasn't to be celebrated. But Jesus transformed all of that as he offered his sacrifice for us on the cross. What Jesus did on the cross transformed a symbol of death into a symbol of life. What Jesus did on that cross is very important. In fact, the last couple of weeks, we have specifically looked at the sacrifice Jesus made on that cross and and what he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane and what he accomplished as he hung upon that cross. But Jesus did not intend for the impact, the significant of the cross to end at his death. In fact, Jesus made it abundantly clear that following him involves a cross that we must bear and that we must carry. It was Jesus who said in Luke chapter 14, whoever does not bear his own cross, bear his own cross, and come after me cannot be my disciple. The point is clear, and this is the main point I want you to hear that we'll spend time thinking about this morning. We cannot follow Jesus without caring our cross. You can't follow Jesus without carrying your cross. And we're going to see that in a very literal and also a figurative sense as we approach the cross upon which Jesus hung. We're going to meet two men in our text who, outside of our text, don't occupy a lot of biblical real estate. But it's through the lives of these two men, Simon of Cyrene and a man named Joseph of Arimathea, we get a picture of what it means to take up our cross as we follow Jesus. Let's look at Mark chapter 15. Let's begin in verse 20, which is going to introduce us to one of these men. It says in Mark 15 in verse 20, and when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of skull. Mark, more than any other gospel writer, tells us a little bit about Simon of Cyrene. I'm about to blow your mind with this knowledge. Simon was from a place called Cyrene. That is PhD level stuff, not to brag. 
He was from a place called Cyrene, and it was, uh, he, he, was, he was coming to Jerusalem for the, the Passover. In fact, the only other thing we really know about Simon is that he had two boys, as our text tells us, Alexander and Rufus. And Simon carries that cross, and, and following his role in carrying that cross, Jesus is crucified. Jesus is on that cross, he dies, and then after that... We read about another man down in verse 42 of Mark chapter 15. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he, Jesus, should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud, and taking him, Jesus, down, he wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock, and he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Joseph, again, not to impress you too much with the intellect here, but he was from Arimathea. That's why it was called Joseph of Arimathea. And Joseph, we see, of Arimathea, he, he had a little bit uh, of power. He had a little bit of prestige. He was a, a member of the ruling party of that day. He was very influential. He had power and clout, and he was very respected by the community. He was very rich. We know he was rich because he owned his own tomb, which in that day was a part that the elite class was able to purchase and it was it was honed out of a it, it was it was carved out of a rock that this was a man who had a lot of money he had a lot of influence so here are two men that we don't know a whole lot about yet both of them play a significant role in the events surrounding the crucifixion one of these men literally carries the cross of our lord and the other takes his body down from that cross and places him in a tomb that he owns. Looking at these two men, I want to make three brief observations, and the brevity depends upon how engaged you are. The less engaged you are, the less brevity there is, okay? I just got your attention that time. But I want to make three quick statements about these men, about what we see happening in the text, uh, just some really common observations that I believe teach us what it means to carry our cross. First is this, to carry the cross, we must embrace the cross. To carry the cross, we must embrace the cross. You can't carry something that you haven't picked up. Now for Simon the Cyrene, not much of a choice that he had as to whether he would pick up or embrace 
that physical cross, if the Roman authorities told you to do something, you didn't ask questions, you just did what they told you to do. We, however, we have a choice. Listen, we are never forced to embrace the cross of Christ and become a follower of Jesus. However, the fact that Jesus died on the cross forces us to make a choice as to what we will do with Jesus. I think about a scene from from the last week of Jesus' life, this this holy week that we're about to embark on, and and I think of a scene from his life where where Pilate, who's a guy in charge who has some power, and he has a custom during that time to where they would release a prisoner as a token of of good gesture and goodwill during that week, and and how Pilate brought two people to to present to the people, and he, he stood before one of them innocent Jesus and he stood before them on his other hand a known insurrectionist by the name of Barabbas and Pilate said I will release one of these men to you who do you want me to release to you and shockingly the crowd demanded that the known murderer the known terrorist that Barabbas be released and Pilate asked this question what shall I do then with Jesus who is is called the Christ. And I'll tell you, everyone must answer that question. You must answer that question. What will you do with Jesus? The cross of Jesus presents us with a decision. We must make a choice. For you see, the cross shows us the links to which God went to demonstrate his love for us. The cross shows us that Jesus endured unbelievable physical and emotional torment. The cross shows us the spiritual agony of being forsaken by God as he cried out in the other verses in Mark that we didn't read, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You must make a choice. Listen to me. To not make a choice is a choice. You've got to. You don't have a choice as to if you'll make a choice. Everyone must decide what they will do with Jesus. We are brought face to face with this cross and with what Christ has done, and we must decide if we are going to embrace it. Carrying our cross begins with that decision, and everything that that cross represents that Christ did for you and me Will you embrace the one who was willing and able and did everything necessary to save you, to carry the cross? We must embrace the cross. Second is this. To carry the cross, we must lay down everything else. Both Simon and Joseph illustrate this truth for us, one physically and one spiritually. When Simon was shoved into service by the Roman guards, the implication would have been that 
whatever he was carrying, he had to lay it down. I'm sure Mrs. Simon had a list from Walmart, because we know Walmart was around there somewhere. <laughs> and he had to, to lay all that down, whatever he had. He had to lay it down in order to pick up that cross. That's kind of easy to see. I want to call your attention back to verse 43, <clears throat> which tells us that Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and he went to Pilate and he asked for the body of Jesus. Joseph went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. That is a significant event. That is a significant decision. That is a significant embrace. Joseph, or Joseph of Arimathea, to identify with Christ indicates that there is a willingness in his heart to lay down everything. Remember, he had power. He had prestige. He had wealth. He had influence. In asking for the body of Jesus, Joseph of Arimathea was saying, I identify with that man. I identify with his sacrifice. And I'm willing to lay all that down to follow him. Because on crucifixion day, following Jesus wasn't the popular thing to do. On crucifixion day, claiming to be a follower of Jesus did not make you popular. It was such a disdain that those men who were with him, most all of them had scattered. And yet here is Joseph of Arimathea who says, I want to identify with Jesus in this way. Every single person here today has something that we must be willing to lay down for Jesus. And let me let you in on a secret that I've learned. And you probably already know it. My motivation for laying down everything for him is that he laid everything down for me. Paul describes the sacrifice of Jesus in these words in Philippians chapter 2, that though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself. He laid it all down by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Joseph of Arimathea had seen Jesus crucified for our sins. And as he saw Jesus lifted up, Joseph decided to lay it all down and to take up his own cross. A few years later, a man who had power, a man who had influence, a man who had prestige, a man who had assimilated some great wealth, that man, his name was Paul, he made the same decision that Joseph Joseph made. And when Paul made that decision, he wrote down what it was like to make that decision to lay everything down for Jesus. And he says in Philippians chapter 3, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I suffered the loss of all things. I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found 
found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Why? That I may know him. I'll lay it all down that I can know him and the power of his resurrection and that I can share in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, that by any means possible, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll lay it all down to follow him. I may attain the resurrection from the dead. When we embrace and carry the cross, when we lay down everything, and we embrace Christ through faith and repentance, we are no longer slaves to this world. We are set free. So if we think about the cross of Jesus that he's called us to take up, we have to embrace that cross. We have to lay down everything else. And thirdly, to carry the cross, we must engage in the mission of God. Carrying the cross demands that we engage in the mission of God. In fact, if you are not at this moment in your life engaged in the mission of God, I don't care how often you come to church. If you are not engaged in the mission of God, you are not taking up your cross. What does the cross remind us of? The cross reminds us of the mission of God. It was the Son of Man who came to seek and to save that which was lost. And how could he do that? The only way he could do that was the cross. And I think maybe we're tempted sometimes to think if I, if I put my check in the plate or if I, if I serve enough or if I do this or do that, I'm, I'm carrying my cross. And, and all those things may be indications of that. But we cannot say we have fully carried Jesus' cross and the cross he calls us to carry if we're not engaged in the mission of God. Because the cross is the mission of God. There was a remarkable change in Joseph of Arimathea. In fact, before the cross, he was an undercover disciple, which is really not such a thing, but in his case, I guess it kind of was. In fact, I want to show you two verses. They're both going to be on the screen for you. One's from John's Gospel, one's the one we read in, in, in Mark. In John's Gospel, John chapter 19 and verse 38. You'll see it on the screen in just a second. There you go, see? John 19, look at what it says. And after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly in fear of the Jews. He asked Pilate for the body. Okay, So John is telling us that coming up to the crucifixion, Joseph was a follower of Jesus, but he followed from a safe distance where nobody saw him. But then look again at how Mark describes what happened when he got to the cross after the death of Jesus. It tells us that Joseph, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, look at what it says, <clears throat> he took courage. And he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. 
So Joseph went from a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews. Look, fear is the natural response when what you value most is threatened. I've got time, and you paid for the full price of admission, so just another minute or two. Think of everything Joseph stood to lose. Power, wealth, prominence, influence. These are the things that gave Joseph his identity. <clears throat> so it shouldn't surprise us to see that he was fearful because what defined him was being threatened. Let me meddle for just a second. One of the most accurate ways to determine what idols are in your life is to ask, what am I the most afraid to lose? What is the one thing <coughs> that if you were to lose it would lead to despair and to question if life itself is worth living? The answer to that question reveals the center of your heart. And what is at the center of your heart if it's not Jesus, it's an idol. And for Joseph, his security, his comfort, his riches, his place of prominence, that was his identity. But something changed. What changed in Joseph's life? What happened that caused him to go from being an undercover disciple to a bold follower of Jesus, <clears throat> willing to lose everything in order to follow him? You know what happened? The cross of Jesus is what happened. Joseph of Arimathea saw Jesus on the cross, and he saw the lengths to which Jesus had gone to love him and to reconcile him back to the Father. And at some point, Joseph of Arimathea realized that his next step was to go public with his faith and to do something that would identify him as a follower of Jesus. When we embrace what Christ has done for us, when we fully embrace what he's done for us, we will find a desire in our souls to make our faith public, to engage in God's mission, and to boldly proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Bearing our cross, taking up our cross, carrying that cross demands that we engage in the mission of God. Let me try to put a bow on this real quick. And if you've been tuned out, if you will, just tune in for just a, a couple of more minutes. I want to pose a question to you that I want you to pretend it's just me and you in this room. This is my question to you. How is God leading you to carry your cross and follow him? What step is the next step that he is calling you to take? Maybe this morning you have come to realize that there are things you're holding on to in your life 
And you need to lay those things down. Because those things are keeping you from going all in for Jesus. And it can even be a good thing. But it's not God. And anything, any good thing that we treat as a God thing becomes a bad thing. So maybe this morning, God is calling you to lay something down that's taking his place. Maybe you need to take a step today to engage in God's mission. What would it look like for you to, like Joseph of Arimathea, publicly identify with Jesus? Your bold next step might be to invite someone to sit next to you next Sunday as we celebrate the difference a risen Savior makes in our lives. Your, your bold next step may be that step that those three people took today and publicly identified with Jesus through baptism. Your bold next step might be to align yourself with First Baptist Church and make a commitment to be the hands and feet of Jesus through the ministry and the mission of his church <clears throat> that we call First Baptist Milton. Your bold next step might be to share your faith with a neighbor, a friend, a, a co-worker. What next step do you need to take that will, like Joseph of Arimathea, help you identify yourself as a follower of Jesus and still for others the step God is leading you to take is to embrace this cross of Jesus for the very first time that means that you acknowledge your sin against a holy God and you believe that Jesus has done absolutely everything necessary to save you and I wonder this morning, if you would just right where you're sitting, if you would just bow your head right where you're sitting. And I ask you to bow your head not so, not for any other reason than it just gets you centered and focused to where you don't see a distraction. Hopefully you will not hear a distraction. And hopefully you'll simply hear some preacher, but more than that, you'll hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. So as you bow your head, and if you need to close your eyes, close your eyes, to where it's just my voice you hear, and your heart is open to hear the voice of God as he speaks. What is your next step? If there's never been a time in your life when you have embraced the cross of Jesus, in this moment, I would implore you to cry out to God as best you know how. Admit to him your sin. Declare your belief that he died for you. Declare your desire for your sins to be forgiven. Turn from your way of living and start seeking how he would have you to live. 
Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe God has zeroed in on you this morning and there is something you need to lay down. Would you lay that down today? Because there is room in your heart for one king. And that king needs to be Jesus. What is your next step? In just a second, I'm going to pray. After I pray, we're going to stand and sing. My only ask of you has, is, and always will be to put your yes on whatever table God puts before you whatever step he's calling you to take. If you have questions, we've got people to try to help you answer them. If you've made decisions, we want you to share them with us so we can celebrate the victory that Jesus has in your life. This altar is open for your prayers. Jesus is open for your presence. If you'll give him your life today. Father, I thank you for what Jesus has done for us. And I pray now that whatever you're placing on our hearts today, we would simply say yes. In Jesus' name.